Hi everyone, I hope you're doing well. You've tuned into that girl, Jenna Kirasoa. You've tuned into our business and tech talks discussions. Currently going through uh, crucial conversations. Today is June 15th, 2022, and I appreciate anyone who's tuned in. As always, I apologize in advance if I waste your time. And at any point in time you're consuming this content, I can only hope you're doing well. So I needed to do a quick recap from last week when we did this. I broke up chapter six into two parts because it was just so jam-packed of information. So the title of the chapter, um, just going back again, a recap from last week, is called Master My Story. And this one is one of the most important, I believe, one of the most chapters, important chapters we can go through. So let me just give you um, what the authors have on the heading. It says, it's not how you play the game, it's how the game plays you. And the title again is, Master My Stories, How to Stay in Dialogue When You're Angry, Sad, or Scared. Hurt, Sad, or Scared. So um, let me just talk quickly about what we talked about last week before I jump into this week. So the first three major talking points were... Um, how to actually gain control when your emotions are haywire. We talked about skills for mastering our stories and analyzing your stories. So before we can let our emotions control us, we need to be aware. Make the conscious effort to identify when safety is at risk. Um, are we being, becoming hostile? Are we talking over people? Are we shutting down? Are we being quiet? Is there healthy dialogue? Are we in charge of what's going on? If you find yourself at a point where you're like, I'm completely, what's going on? So they describe this phenomenon. The moment you have a reaction, there is a step before you feel something, which is um, what they describe as we tell ourselves a story, which helps us to justify what's going on, how we're feeling, how to process the information. And then once we tell ourselves something, then that's what we go off of. So for example, um, someone cuts us off in conversation. We instantly tell ourselves a story. They're, they're rude because they don't care about me or they're disrespecting me or they are belittling me. And when in reality that could be true or sometimes it could be simply the person got overexcited, the person's actually very, very insecure and they didn't realize that they were cutting you off. But we told ourselves that they're disrespectful, they don't care, they're belittling us. So that story is what we run with. And then our response is to be disrespectful, to save face, to, um, to correct something. So that's why they say to analyze our stories. Is that accurate? Is that re really what's going on? Is that is how you're responding appropriate and actually going to fix the situation? So that's why you're supposed to analyze your story. And getting control is realizing that there is a, a a microsecond, a millisecond, sometimes it could be longer, but from whatever you're hearing or perceiving from the other person, there's a moment in between that you are processing that information and that you're telling yourself a story. So for this week, we're gonna to continue to the second part where it says, um, now we need to watch out for three clever stories we tell ourselves, why we tell these stories, and how to tell the rest of our story. So that's our intro for um, this week, 15 June 2022, our Wednesday Business Tech Talks going through Crucial Conversations, Chapter 6, Part 2. So stay tuned. Okay, sorry. Jumping into segment one, we need to watch out for three clever stories. And clever stories are essentially 
one of the, let's just go through the notes right here. Um, we become good at making explanations that justify our poor behavior and things that give us a reason to feel good about ourselves, whether or not it's accurate, fair, or right to the other person. Um, so either a story is healthy and accurate or it's unhealthy and inaccurate and destructive. Ultimately, when we tell ourselves things that aren't true, it's actually becoming very destructive. When we say things like, oh, he deserved it, I had no other choice, you know, that's creating silence or violence circumstances. Imaginative and self-serving concoctions, what the authors, authors describe it as, called clever stories, which allows us to feel good about behaving badly, it justifies it. So here are the three clever stories that we tell ourselves. The first one being um, is called the victim story. And we are all have fallen, fallen victim to this story. We tell ourselves, it's not my fault. It makes us innocent sufferers. Um, but sometimes you are an innocent victim. If someone's holding you up at gunpoint, if someone's holding you against your will, you didn't do anything, it's a complete stranger, then it becomes a sad fact. That's a fact, you're a victim but it's not a story. There's a difference. So when we're communicating with people, um, sometimes uh, when telling the victim story, we ignore the role that we play and avoid facts that we, may, may, we may have done or left undone. So very important to pay attention to that. So the next one is the villain story. Um, it's all your fault, turning normal humans into bad guys and assuming exclusively their um, bad motives and we're telling everyone else about their evils. So we make the person out to be a villain. We tend to um, overemphasize other people's guilt in minimizing our role that we may have played. And um, also potential neutral or non-malicious intent. Sometimes people just are not aware of what they're doing, but we're the ones villainizing that person. So that's where we need to check ourselves so um, one of the, the issues with labeling, I'm sorry, with creating a villain narrative or story is um, we tend to use tactics such as labeling. We just put a title across them and that's easier to deal with them with that than the actual person and acknowledging that they're you know, a living human being. It's crazy how easily we do this. Um, so there's the double standard we have to watch out. The victim and villain stories create unfair, unfair characteristics that characterization, oh my gosh, characteristics, characterizations of people. Very, very unfair. And then the last story, the last clever story we tell ourselves is the helpless story. Um, there's nothing I can do. Fabrications convince us we're powerless. There's no healthy alternatives for our problem. The helpless stories look forward. Listen to this. The healthy, sorry, the helpless stories look forward to explain why we can't do anything to change our circumstances. Helpless stories stem from villain stories. So if you define someone as a bonehead, like, oh, that person's just a bonehead. Like, so you, you villainize them, you've given them a title, and then after that, you've convinced yourself you can't do anything because, well, I'm working with a bonehead, right? Like, that's what we do. We shut the conversation down, we create toxicity, we create the destructive dialogue by making the assumption that the person's a bonehead and I can't get anything accomplished with a person like that. 
we dehumanize them, we villainize them, and we completely minimize our role in some of the problems, some of the problems we create. So that's what we need to really, really pay attention to. So again, helpless stories, and we also result to insults and sarcasm. Terrible. So take all this into account, please, considering when we're considering what stories we tell ourselves, why we tell them, and what the clever stories are. Are we the victim? Are we the villain? Or telling these stories? Or are we telling ourselves the helpless story? Please consider all these. All right, so segment two. Why we tell these clever stories. And I'm gonna put a disclaimer up here in the very front. I did it in another video and I'm gonna do it again. Sometimes you are an innocent victim. Sometimes the people you're dealing with are just crappy people and there is nothing you can do. Um, well, I shouldn't say there's nothing you can do. This, this is why we're going through this book. There are things you can do. This is why we're talking about it. But please be aware that sometimes we tell the clever stories because it does really match reality. The authors say that they don't, they don't think it happens often. But um, we tell our stories because it gets us off the hook. Conveniently, it excuses us from responsibility when we have been in part responsible. Clever stories keep us from accepting our own sellouts. Yes, take note that word, sellout. They cause us problems. We tell them because we need justification for our own selfish actions. And I tell you what, I did not expect... I genuinely did not expect to have so much psychology and a conscience morality lesson going through this book. I read this book years ago. Like, it came out in 20... Let me get the copyright date for you guys. I don't even know when this book came out. Again, I forgot. Okay, so it was first copyright published date was 2002. And we are now in 2022. And I read this book, I believe, in 2004 maybe 2006, somewhere in that time era. And I did not realize that all the tactics I was using for communication really did stem from this book. And it is good to have a refresher and I genuinely, sincerely appreciate people who've listened and I hope this information brings value to your life. But yes, notate the word sell out. We're gonna be bringing that up. So, one of the very, very, very beautiful quote that they wrote here, clever, stories keep us from accepting our own sellouts. They cause us problems. We tell them because we need justification for our own selfish actions. And they said in the book on page 111, it says, you didn't start telling stories until after you fail to do something you know that you should have done. So common sellout stories, they get often overlooked, but here are some of the ones that we say quite, quite regularly and not even realizing how destructive it is or we even think of these things so some of them I listed is you believe you should help someone but you don't you believe you should listen respectfully but you lash out you do less work you feel you should acknowledge it but you don't you know you have info a co-worker could use but you keep it to yourself and there is an extensive list again on page 11 111 um, just because I'm doing the audio right now, I'll, I'll read a couple of more right here because this book, I'll show you, he's, they've given you a whole list right here. A whole list. Okay, I apologize. Let me clip this back up just to make sure I got the right sound because I'm still new to all of this. Let's get back to it though. So some more examples are, 
you see problems with a plan someone presents, and you think you should speak up, but you don't. You believe you should... Oh, I already read that one. Oh, you believe you should listen respectfully to feedback, but you become defensive. Um... Yeah, so these are just come up a common, some common sellouts that we go through every single day, thoughts that we have, and instead of actually having effective dialogue, we, um, we avoid it. So they call a sellout. And let's see, what else do you need to do I know about this? So, very important, on page 112, when we don't admit our own mistakes, we are <laughs> obsessed with others' faults. Um, we are innocent in our powerlessness to do anything about what we are already doing. And we tell our clever story when we want self-justification more than results. Wow. That one really hit. Like, yeah, instead of actually confronting an issue or doing something you know you should, um, we just often opt not to. So hang on to that side note when we jump into the third segment. So segment three. Now. We need to tell the rest of the story, okay? This is not a Paul Harvey segment, even though I do appreciate the rest of the story series he does. Maybe I'll start reading some of them. But for now, tell the rest of your story, okay? So the final one is master my story skill. Rather than clever stories, we need to opt for a useful story. So our useful story creates emotions that lead to a healthy action which is right now what we're trying to accomplish, which is dialogue, talking without getting our emotions all messed up. It's possible in certain circumstances. Okay. A healthy action. Clever stories tend to leave out crucial information about us, others, or opinions in details about our feelings. The best way to fill in these missing details is... Um, Three samples right here. We need to turn victim into actor, villain into human, and helplessness into the able. So the first one is, okay, instead of a victim, you were an actor. And we all know about acting. So it doesn't mean that you had malicious motives. It could have simply perhaps um, a thoughtless omission. So we need to tell the rest of our story. And they advise that you add the important facts to your account, how you really feel. And there's an example here about a worker who feels that they're being exploited, but they're not being fully honest. So they'll sit there and smile, and they'll take on the tasks and the jobs, but they won't address the specific person, like a boss or a supervisor that they feel is exploiting them. They'll smile, and they'll agree to the job. But then they'll go around and tell everyone else, complaining like, oh, this isn't fair, they're exploiting me. And it's like, okay, well, have you told anyone else your feelings? Have you told the person that's causing the offense? You're telling everyone else. So instead of actually addressing the issue, you are coming off as um, whiny or ungrateful or maybe spiteful, vindictive, resentful, or, you know, a lot of negative things, but not really addressing the problem you are just going off the story of oh, I'm being exploited but you're not saying anything so no one really knows what your problem is that's what they mean like be honest about your feelings so be aware of how you're minimizing your mistakes while exaggerating someone else's and everyone has fallen victim to these things myself included that's why we're going through the book you know we all kind of you know 
have bad coping skills and bad communication skills. So here we are. All right, so again, be aware of how you're minimizing while exaggerating others. And then to vi turn villains into humans, humanizing others. So beautiful quote from this book, empathy often replaces judgment, accountability, and replaces self-justification. Empathy often replaces judgment and accountability replaces self-justification. Asking humanizing questions. Now this is not to excuse bad behavior from other people, but it is for us to help deal with our own story. So remember I said earlier that there's nothing you can do about certain people. The only thing you can control is how you respond, your emotions, how you how you process this. And if anyone else is interested, we do our, our well-being Mondays discussions and a lot of it is about um, mental well-being and getting a peaceful state of mind and finding healing through um, prayer, meditation, your thought process, community support, etc. So those are the skills that will help you also to put this into practice. So if you want to get into a more of a, a mindfulness or contemplative prayer and state of mind to be present at any point in time, we need you here. We need your mindset here in the present. If you need help with those skills to, to get to this point, we can do that. We can help you with that. So how do you um, deal with a person that you know, maybe intentionally messing up communication? So again, it says empathy often replaces judgment. You need to empathize and humanize a person that you're dealing with. And then you also need to have personal accountability, and that helps to replace the justification well I feel this way because of this okay well th that's that's you're owning up to those feelings this is what this chapter is about how do you get those feelings that are out of whack those emotions and bring it back down to let's have a good conversation these are where these skills come into so ask yourself humanizing questions not to excuse someone else's bad behavior but this is for your own self for your own story and helps you to deal with our own emotions and our own stories. And it says, beautiful quote, with experience and maturity, we learn to worry less about others' intent and more about the effect others' actions are having on us. Thinking on, on alternative motives and emotions in order to relax just long enough for di dialogue to continue. Only reliable way of discovering others' motives. So, we need to stop thinking about these crazy stories, getting control of our emotions, analyzing the stories, figuring out what the truth is somewhere in the middle, personal accountability. We need to stop villainizing the other person. We need to hold ourselves accountable. You can't feel like a helpless victim. This is your opportunity now. I'm gonna gain control of these circumstances, of the situation and it says, with maturity, you worry less about the other person's intentions. Yeah, this person may be intending to hurt you in the workplace, but guess what? You've got the ways of coping and handling it and addressing the issue. And if there's something that's a legal issue, then this is when you can go, again, use these same skills and take them to court. I actually recently saw this video. Um, this gentleman, he sues every single employer he has. He pays attention to the... the the employee handbook, he follows the rules. If there's any type of problem or harassment, he brings it to the superiors. 
if they're not paying attention, he will call the, he'll go up the chain of command. And he says that he has literally sued every single one of his employers because they weren't staying on, on top of their legal department, of the HR department, of labor laws in the different states. People, his peers weren't picking, keeping track. He was taking notes, all of it. And he had his, his, his game plan. He had his mental head screwed on. He knew what he, he knows what he's doing. And you, you too are capable of this. And I'm not saying you need to go sue your employer, but I'm saying if there is legal action that is not being taken, if you're being harassed, if you're being threatened, if you're, if you are a victim, that's a sad fact. And by getting the proper communication tools and the right headspace, this might be life-saving. It could, you know, from the mental stress and strain. We were also talking about how um, a lot of physical ailments are based off of emotional stress. You could heal your body by dealing with the emotional um, constraints. And these communication skills are part of that. Again, this is one of the reasons why I say that I think this is one of the most important blog posts, um, videos, and podcasts, because this, this information is crucial. You need to stop so much focusing on other people's intent and on how you're responding to it and how you can handle these situations better. These are why we're having these conversations. So with, ex with experience and maturity, we can learn to worry less about others' intent and more about the effect others' actions are having on our lives. Okay, so, and also I said, um, only reliable, okay, so the, we need to relax long enough for others, um, the only reliable, sorry, I'm having a hard time. The only reliable way to understand someone else's motives is to stop and give ourselves enough time to recover during this heated discussion, whatever you're, whatever you're going through. The only way to really get clear information is for you to have a clear head. Okay, and to understand their motives. I want you guys to, I needed this part to be emphasized. Sometimes, believe it or not, another person's motives is simply to mask up their own fear and insecurities. So that's another peaceful state of, um, state of mind you can get in. Sometimes people are acting a, way, a certain way because they're also afraid and they don't know how to communicate with you either. And they get defensive and they make what they call a sucker's choice. So the last section we're going to focus on is turn the helpless into the um, into the able. Return to original motive. So throughout this book, they talk about things. Start with heart. What do I really want? What do I want for myself, other people, and relationships? Dual processing. We need to make it safe. Step out of the conversation. Ask yourself how you feel. Look for safety cues. Is a person shutting down? Are they feeling defensive? Are you feeling defensive? Are you getting angry? So again, step out of your thoughts analyze the situation, analyze your story, and then come back to the conversation. It can happen like this, rapid succession. You're going to be in an argument, going back and forth, and you know, hey, you know what? Let me just, let me see what's going on here. Let me see how I feel. You do this all in your head within seconds. So if, with practice, you can get these skills down and handle any discussion, like, like a rapid fast. Learn these skills. And then they say, kill the sucker's choice. And this is found on page 115. When you refuse to make yourself helpless, you're forced to hold yourself accountable for using dialogue skills rather than promoting weakness. So with that, 
I will leave you and I will do my quick conclusion in just one moment. Okay, so chapter six for Crucial Conversations, Master My Stories. And like I said, I had to break it up into two sections and I will try to get all the links, um, corresponding links to the right pages so everyone can get the information. I'll probably do um, maybe just one blog post with both, both videos and both outlines. I don't know. I'll try to get the information out there to as many people as possible. But so from last week, again, we talked about how to gain control, skills for mastering our stories and analyzing our stories. Then we need to watch for the three clever stories we tell ourselves, which is the victim story, the villain story, and then the helplessness story. And then we need to tell the rest of the story. So if you are feeling resentful or angry or bitter about someone or about something, about a situation, about a conversation, figure out are the feelings accurate and true? Get as much understanding. What are the person's motives? Don't assume worst case scenario. Um, there's an example of this one woman here in the book um, named Maria. Her and her coworker are having an issue. Well, the coworker is not aware of the issue. It's just Maria who was upset because her coworker kept over talking during a presentation. She got the impression, the story she told herself was that her coworker didn't trust her, that it was, um, he was being a male chauvinist, it was a boys club, and that she was being excluded because she was a female and that she was inferior. That's the story she told herself. It wasn't until she actually brought the attention up to her coworker to only discover that and again it's just an example in the book actually it may have been an actual story that they're just changing the names but i'm sure it's something like that as similar as happened it turns out the guy said he gets extremely nervous and he tends to over talk and he did not realize that he did that and there were other examples and there was an explanation so in the future they agreed that when they do a presentation one person will do the first half and then another person will do the second half so they'll have equal time and equal responsibilities. And, there's any, and if there's any time they need to go to the boss to discuss something, that they'll do it together as a team. So these are why we need to have these conversations because when we assume worst case scenario, instead of actually knowing the truth, we end up oftentimes responding and we do it negatively with sarcasm and the other person is completely unaware of what why you're treating them that way. So when they see you treating them disrespectfully, they're gonna respond in self-defense and then respond disrespectfully and then it goes back and forth and it's just a vicious cycle and you don't even understand why you, you resent each other. So again, sometimes stop, analyze the situation, analyze your stories, get yourself focused and rechecked, understanding why you're feeling a certain way, why the other person may be responding the way that they're responding, personal accountability, don't make the sucker's choice, don't be a sellout, like hold yourself accountable and work on better communication skills. So with that, I will leave you. You've been listening to that girl, Jenna Carasoa. I appreciate um, anyone who's tuned in and listening. I apologize as always if I've wasted your time. At any point in time you're consuming this content, I can only hope you're doing well. And with that, I will leave you. God's peace.